What's going on, everybody? This is Drew here. Welcome you all to a brand new episode of Phoenix Down. This is Phoenix Down, episode number 58.0. And uh, no more ruse. We're finally going to play through Wolfenstein, The New Order. Which has kind of been on my list for a long time. Uh, which we'll get into our history and stuff like that with it. But uh, with me this evening is Matt. Hello, friends. So yeah, Wolfenstein, The New Order. Um was kind of uh it was a early it wasn't a launch title for the um for the new systems that are currently out uh but it most certainly came out around a time that not a lot of things came out yeah i think it was probably early 2014 when it came out i don't have to have it up may i think it's may may 20th may 20th and uh it actually received really well there was people out there who absolutely adored that game and really liked it. And truth be told, I was actually a really big fan of Wolfenstein. That was my, uh, that was my first, first person shooter. Um, and, uh, God, that's, I mean, well, let's just get into the history of it. Wolfenstein. I mean, damn Wolfenstein. I played the living crap out of that back in the day. Yeah, absolutely. A classic. Uh, Wolfenstein 3D, I should say. Uh, there was a games before that. A lot of people don't know um, that were kind of like side scrollers. Uh, the very first Wolfenstein was almost like a Metal Gear kind of game where you had to sneak around and stuff. And I mm. think I think it was just called. It might have just been called Wolfenstein, or it might have been called Escape from Wolfenstein Castle, Wolfenstein, something like that. So the first two. First one came out in 1981, mm-hmm. called Castle Wolfenstein. Okay, and then in '84 there was Beyond Castle Wolfenstein, and then '92 was Wolfenstein 3D. Gotcha. So, um, and I have to say, there is a, a YouTuber that I watch, and I really enjoy his uh, videos. It's called the Gaming Historian. He goes into detail about Wolfenstein, and it's really good. That dude does fantastic work with his uh his videos and I highly suggest checking out some of his stuff. Um he's he's very well informed. He's not like, "Hey guys, welcome to another YouTube video," you know, kind of thing. He he it's like you're watching a PBS show with him. But it's all about gaming stuff. He's really good. Um but uh, yeah, it's uh Wolfenstein was a huge huge uh game for me as a kid. And then, you know, I should, I probably shouldn't have been playing that as a kid. <laughs> Cause Wolfenstein 3D came out, what, night two? Yep. I was seven. I was seven years old playing Wolfenstein 3D with blood and Nazis and it was weird. That game. That game was, you know, it revolutionized first-person shooters. That and Doom, uh, which Doom yep. came out, I think, a year after that. But, um, and see, that was always the thing, was everybody was huge on Doom. But I was like, man, I, I fucking love Wolfenstein more than Doom, you know. And I always felt that way. Wolfenstein was more my my style than, than Doom was. And, uh... I don't know if it was because it was kind of, I wouldn't say grounded in reality because I think you kill Hitler who is in a mech. Yep. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, it's uh, I, I I actually really enjoyed the first Wolfenstein, and I played. There was another one that came out on PC. I played a lot on the PC. It was called Return to Castle Wolfenstein. I think it came out. It was during the PS2 era. Two thousand one. Two thousand one. Yep. Okay. Yeah, the, I was playing the crap out of that game. The multiplayer in that game was great, and I played a lot of that too. Um. Another a game that I never played was the Wolfenstein soft reboot that they made on 360 and PS3. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think I've ever played that game. I, I never did. I know it got kind of mediocre reviews. Yeah, so. it looks decent. Like, it looks like sort of the game we're playing, just maybe not as not as well done. You know, it, it, it's basically what I expected this game, The New Order, to be. Was kind of just an action game. Right. And that looks like it's about all the 2009 one is. Is You know, it's just a, just a shooter. It It's not awful, but... Uh, could be worth playing. I distinctly remember Wolfenstein, that remake that we're talking about, uh, coming out around the same time as Singularity... And mm. both those games kind of got compared. Um, seems like that always happens. There's always a game that comes out that's like, I wouldn't say generic, but yeah, generic first person shooter. But yeah, we're playing The New Order, which came out in 2014. Um, Matt, how about your history? A little bit? Uh, it's pretty similar. I mean, I. I played a ton of Wolfenstein 3D. It was, I'm trying to think if, it was certainly the first first person shooter I played, but I'm trying to think of how it fits into my very earliest PC gaming. Because we sort of inherited a computer, which, and we had some games on it, but most of them were kind of black and white or kind of real shitty. So I, I don't know if you've heard of a game. I was going to say that Wolfenstein might have been my first sort of color game, like my first real game. But we had this one real old game called Caveman Ugg Olympics. And that was probably my first sort of color game. But Wolfenstein certainly was was one of the first and, and spawned this whole genre. And it was just so much fun to replay and, you know, at the time, it's such an easy target to say, you know, going to shoot some Nazis. And these ones also happen to, like, mechs. Yeah. Um, you know, so, I mean, it was yeah, it was a great game. But I was going to mention the 2001 game as well. So I know that game is well regarded for the multiplayer. And that's what you commented on that you played a lot of. Oh, yeah. I grew up with essentially no internet. So I did not play any multiplayer. However... 2001 was the year I graduated high school. Mm -hmm. And because of that, it was the year I got my first own computer. So I got the computer that I was taking to college with me. And there was one game, you know, I wasn't, I obviously my parents didn't get me a computer to play games with, but <laughs> the first thing I did was say, all right, what, what's a game I can play now that I have this monstrous new computer. Uh, and this this was the game for me. This was the marquee game for my, my computer. 
I had that computer for about eight years, and essentially I had that up until the one I have right now. Nice. <laughs> I've, re- I've rebuilt this one once, but that first one I had for a long time really ran it into the ground. But this this was the game. This was the first game that I was really able to play that just blew me away graphically. It was Return to Castle Wolfenstein. Yeah, I played the living crap out of that game. Like, that was, like, 99, 2000, 2001 were, like, the years I was, like, big into PC gaming because that was the years, you know, Diablo 2 came out. That was the year, like, um, uh, God, under Quake 3 Arena played a shit ton of that. That was, like, my first foray into kind of playing online. Yep. And uh, Return to Castle Wolfenstein, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember Wolfenstein back in the day. And, of course, you know, I, I subscribed to gaming magazines and stuff like that. And I was like, fuck, yeah, I'm, I'm back in. I want to play Wolfenstein again. And it's got multiplayer. And I remember there was a beta for the multiplayer, and I played the crap out of that. And I was like, yep, I got to get this game. And I got it day one, played the living shit out of that game. That was like a game that after I got kind of exhausted on Diablo 2, switched over to Wolfenstein. And, um, God, I absolutely love that game. Mm. I got yeah, fond I'm, memories I, of it. I'm surprised now that I didn't play more multiplayer because I got this game and my computer just as I was going off to college where I, where I had ample internet as much as a human could ever need. Um, downloading a song per day was awesome. Um, but for, I don't think I didn't play this when I got to college. I, I think we, we basically, it was StarCraft and it was Counter-Strike. And that was really the gaming that we did, aside from some PS2 gaming. As far as, as far as PC goes, it was mainly Counter-Strike. So I kind of bypassed all the multiplayer on Return to Castle Wolfenstein. Yeah. I, I don't know. but Well, let's get into Wolfenstein, the new order. Um. I, did you play the? Or we forgot to talk about the history of this game. Um, uh, the game came out. I had interest in it. I never picked it up, mainly because there was a, probably a, a lot of other games around at the time and stuff like that. And um, and I was honestly kind of out of first person shooters at the time. You know, I, I'd been out, I've been out of first person shooters for a while, except you know when Overwatch showed up, but um. Yeah, everybody always talked really highly of it, um, and I picked it up on a Steam sale last year. Uh, I think it was the Christmas one. Got it for like five bucks, I think, or something like that. And, yeah, I know. Uh, and that's um, that's it. Now I'm playing it now. Mm. Yeah, I, I picked it up a, a little while after it came out. I wasn't necessarily going to jump on it because as much as I liked Return to Castle Wolfenstein, that was 13 years before. Yeah. So I I didn't really expect a whole lot, and you know I was pleasantly surprised by the reviews, but it still wasn't a game that I was going to jump on day one and, and really dive into. So I picked it up a while later for 20 or 30 bucks. I played about an hour of it. I thought, this is pretty good, but then I put it on a shelf for something else and then never went back to it until last weekend. Okay. So you you knew a little bit about what you were going into, yeah, and and still kind of eager eager to get into it because all I did was, you know, play through the the prologue and in a couple of other bits, and it seemed cool. So 
I wanted to see more of it at the time. So I'm, I'm kind of glad that we're getting a chance to go through it now. Absolutely. So, um, one of the big things that kind of stuck out to me about this game was the trailer that they released. Um, and the trailer, it totally reminded me of Inglorious Bastards. Um, BJ Blaskowitz is like this, uh, hardcore, like, Southern man. Yeah. Who, uh, or Blaskowitz, depending who's, uh, saying it. Blaskovich, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They call them both. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, it, you know, they were playing like, um, old 60s music um and it but it was germa germ germified it was german it was in german it was it's a uh, bang bang which is a popular I, I can't remember who actually originally sung it it's a popular american song but it was in german and the whole premise was oh the germans actually won the war and have taken over the world basically and i was like yeah, okay not the most novel concept but they they do it pretty well in this game. Yeah. Uh, there was another game that did that same premise. It was called Turning Point, Fall of Liberty. Don't play yep. that game. <laughs> it's fucking horrible. Um, but, uh, yeah. Uh, so, um, getting into the game itself, we obviously play as BJ. Is it Lieutenant? I can't remember. I think he's a Lieutenant. Uh... That's a good question. And his name is William J. Blaskowitz. So apparently the B is for Bill. Bill. I don't know what the J stands for, but um, he uh he we're we're I mean we're in the thick of things. So uh, at the beginning of the game, we are in a plane. Flying to, I guess, an island? Or maybe we're just going off the coast of somewhere? Yeah, um, it's certainly the midst of World War II at that point, right? 40, 1946, ever. I believe. And um, we're on board uh, this um, airplane flying toward a compound, uh, a very major compound that... Uh, the Nazis have been using and it's kind of a stronghold. And if we were able to take this place, we may actually, that may be the turning point of the war. Um, this place is ran by a general, uh, in the Nazi army, uh, named death head. Wilhelm Strasse. Yeah. Who apparently is the same guy from the 2001 game. Really? Yeah. Okay. Or at least he's in the game. I don't know if he's the, the. I don't remember how big he is in the 2001 game, but it says says he was in that one as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, <laughs> so we're going to Death's Head uh, to uh, take him out. Um, and it, I mean, we're right in the thick of it, man. We're we're getting bombarded with anti-air artillery, um, and it doesn't hold any punches. I'm talking. We're jumping from plane to plane and shit like that, and There's planes crashing. Yeah, people die. So the um, but we set up a few characters. Uh, the first one being uh, the uh, it's the Royal Air Force, it's the RAF um, pilot named Fergus. Is that his name? Yep. 
uh he uh he's Irish or Scottish? Yeah, Irish or Scottish. Yeah. Um but he's flying the plane that we're on. Uh seems that uh BJ has some history with this guy, obviously been fighting in the war with him. Um and when we jump over to the other plane, because our plane's going down, we jump into the other plane and we run into some American soldiers as as well as a couple of uh Royal Army soldiers, I guess. Um and particularly one of the uh one of the guys is a very young American soldier named Wyatt. And um he's kinda like your standard greenhorn new to the war you know probably got drafted 18 years old still getting his feet wet yeah and he's kind of freaking out at times but he still he can still run and gun with the rest of them uh and these two characters fergus and wyatt are going to be major players uh in the upcoming levels uh but we make it to uh Death's Head's fortress. We're climbing the walls. Uh, and then we realize, uh, when we get there, I should say, we realize that not all is, is as it seems because he's got fucking robots and shit. He's got like these robotic dogs that are tearing people apart and nobody's ever seen this stuff before. Uh, yeah, they call them dogs, but to me, they look more like dinosaurs. Yeah, they look like, you know, they look kind of like a raptor or something like that. Um, but we fight all them off and we're climbing the stronghold itself. Um, and I may be wrong, but during this part where, uh, we're climbing the wall, it plays kind of like this, almost like a sneaking tune. And I swear to God, I think it's like, uh, it's a remix version of the first, uh, level of, uh, Wolfenstein 3D. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I th- I'm pretty sure it is. It's like that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have to go back and check it out now. Cause I, I, I was like, that sounds like Wolfenstein 3d. Cause this, this game does know where it fits. It uses some nostalgia pretty well, I think. Oh yeah. Um, but I was going to say you also, you know, this being the prologue, I like the fact that they give you a little bit of a, a microcosm of the rest of the game because you do get to climb the wall and you're, you're fighting these robot dogs and there's normal firefights. You get, you get a little bit of all of the game in this first level, which I think is pretty cool because it, it, the whole game is fairly well varied. There's a lot of different stuff you do. And, uh, I, I think that comes across well in the, in the prologue. Yeah. But, um, we're climbing the fortress, obviously. Uh, and then we, uh, I mean, th- that's the thing is this is a first person shooter. It's kind of hard to talk about the moment to moment gameplay. You kind of have to hit the story beats. There's a good amount of story beats in here, but I mean, you know, we climbed a tower and shot a bunch of guys and then we climbed some more kind of thing. So, um, but eventually we make it to this part where it looks like a laboratory where um it seems like they've been experimenting on humans um there's an incinerator there yeah they've got a bunch of humans flayed open 
Yeah. Like with their all their skin just taken off their backs and like suspended above the tables by hooks. Yeah. And um, we go into uh, a a separate room from there, and that's when we get attacked by a giant robot. Um, and this thing is hard to take down because you just have a machine gun. Um, I should say I'm playing on normal. Is that yeah, what you're playing on? Yeah. Um, and these aren't like futuristic robots. These are, you know, very much 1946 robots. Yeah. What would you uh, would imagine they can make a robot out of ni- in 1940 technology? Yeah, there's a lot of pistons. There's a lot of heavy plates. There's a lot of, you know, exhaust pipes out the back, bellowing black smoke. You know, you could almost imagine that some of them are, well, one of the later ones might actually be like charcoal driven. Yeah. Almost a little steampunk. Mm-hmm. But, uh, when we take that out, um, we're now locked in and kind of find out it's almost like a trash compactor. The walls are coming in on us and we look to the exit and there's a little window in the door and there's Death's head staring at us. Um, the walls come in on us and we pass out when we wake up. Because uh, apparently we're scared of the walls. I don't know. Or maybe he did crush us a little bit to the point where we couldn't breathe and then we <laughs> passed out. We're perfectly fine physically, but you've crushed the breath out of us. Okay, go with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and when we wake up, there's um, Death's Head's watching over us, along with a bunch of his robotic guards. And he has both Fergus and Wyatt down on the ground. And he tells, after a little bit of a dialogue, he tells uh, BJ that he has to choose the person that Death's Head was going to kill. Yep. Which I said, fuck you. I did too. I'm not picking anybody. I didn't pick anybody either, and then I got crushed by a robot. Yep, which I do appreciate. That's a very minor thing, but a lot of, a lot of games give you a decision like that to make, and they just sit there and wait for you. Yeah. And then you could be sitting there half an hour, nothing happens. In this, he's just like, all right, well, no decision. I'm killing all of you. So, um, but I did, we do have to make a decision here. Um, all right, Matt, who did you choose? I chose to save Fergus because I like his accent. I chose to save Wyatt. Oh, Wyatt. Yep. I also know a guy I don't like named Wyatt, so I let him die. Oh, okay. Well, that's not nice, but... (laughs) I chose Wyatt because... I had a feeling you were going to choose Fergus. And I wanted to do something different. But on top of that, I felt like Wyatt... He's just a kid, man. You know, we can't can't get him killed. He's just a kid. Fergus... You know, this is war no kids. Yeah, well, Fergus, you know, he he's a, he's a veteran. He's been in this war forever. He knows when sacrifice needs to be made, and he's fine with it. Yeah. So Death's Head then kills whoever we chose. Did um, they have a reason to want Fergus? Because I know for 
for Wyatt, they said they liked his eyes and they wanted his blue eyes. Yeah. I don't know. Um, and then, uh, after that, they string us up in the incinerator and we have to escape. Um, luckily Wyatt is, uh, pretty good at, uh, I guess lock picking because he gives me a lock pick and I have to pick a lock. Um, or maybe he's just good at telling me what to do. <laughs> and um, when we make our escape before getting burned alive, the place explodes when we jump out of the window, which we're falling, God, stories into the ocean. And uh, a piece of shrapnel from the explosion comes and hits BJ in the head. And it knocks him out. He then falls into the water and then is picked up by what looks like a fishing boat. And that's the kind of like the, the soft intro to the game. Uh, and then we get um, some pretty decent uh, little cutscene stuff. So the cutscenes look pretty damn good in this game. Yeah, they look pretty good. Also, they're well done beyond that. So I'm I'm loving the music in this game. Yeah. When it when it kicks in, it it reminds me of Doom, the Doom recent Doom remake to a degree. Right. Maybe not as extreme as Doom, but you know to to just be playing through that game and then have kind of the rock and soundtrack come in. Really, uh, it it's the kind of thing that puts a smile on my face, like killing Nazis puts a smile on BJ's face. The music in this game, I'm glad you brought that up, is fantastic. And I will mention what it is once we get past this little part here. So, we are constantly having BJ's inner monologue play throughout. And um, he is taken to Poland, I believe. Poland. And um, is put into a psychiatric ward. Because he is kind of comatose. Yeah, they say he's uh, in a vegetative state. Yeah, after the blow to the head, and he sits there in a corner. What's for? And it, it's it's so stylized how they do it because it's like him sitting there, and everything's in fast forward. Yeah, seasons are passing. Yeah. Years are going. Away. And he he's talking, saying, "I remember Christmases and birthdays and stuff like that." And there's a doctor there, and his wife and daughter work there. Uh, and they're constantly getting um, harassed by uh, Nazi officers who are coming in and taking their patients. Um, and he doesn't realize how much time has passed. But um, the uh, one of the Nazi officers comes in one day and says that uh, they're shutting the uh, entire place down. They're, his services are no longer needed. Um, and they order... Uh, all the patients to be killed. The uh, doctor refuses. He resists and they shoot him and then they shoot his wife. The officer then comes in and is like, what the fuck are you doing? You're not supposed to kill these people. And uh, they take the daughter of the doctor and uh, they kill everybody in the room. And then when they get ready to kill uh, BJ, he snaps out of it and stabs the uh, 
soldier in the fucking throat. May have been the first time, but absolutely not the last time I've throat stabbed somebody. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so we then make our escape from the hospital itself. Uh, shooting guys along the way, tons of them. Uh, this is the first time we realize, well, we don't realize it, but you start seeing new weapons. Uh, it's like these stylized it's like familiar weapons, but in a more futuristic feel. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a nice balance of, you know, feeling like the evolution of World War II weapons without feeling modern. Right. So it is, it's really that, yeah, it's, it's like, it, it is sort of alternate history guns. Yeah. So, um... After making it through the hospital, we get outside and we have to fight off a whole bunch of guys. Um, and then a, a freaking tank comes in and releases these drones that fly around. We have to take those out. Fuck those drones also. Yeah, I really hate them. They're hard to hit. Yep. And they juke me out all the time. <laughs> They're smarter than me. Yeah, I know. Um, but we do save the doctor's uh, daughter. Her name is Anya. Uh, and we escape through a uh, with a Nazi uh, vehicle, like a convertible vehicle. Uh, what we what we don't know is is that uh, during the big fight, uh, one of the soldiers stuffed an officer in the trunk, which we will get to in a minute. Um, so she, she's driving and takes BJ to her grandparents' place out in the country. And that's when we get the realization that a lot of times passed. BJ's been in a coma, comatose kind of thing for 17 years. It's now 1960. Or 14 years, excuse me. Because uh, it was 46, yeah. Yep. It's 1960. Um, the Nazi regime has won World War II and have pretty much taken over the entire world. Um, BJ really doesn't want to believe it. He's asking, well, what about resistance groups and stuff like that? And I really like this scene because they don't speak English very well. And BJ doesn't speak Polish very well. <laughs> and so uh, the grandmother's sitting there like trying to speak to him in broken English. And she's like, you don't get it. There is no more resistance. They won. They now run everything. And uh, BJ's like, that's bullshit. And he he leaves. Uh, or he, he goes downstairs, which... I should mention what when they got there, he realized that the officer, the Nazi officer, was stuffed in the trunk. So now we have somebody we can interrogate. Uh, BJ goes downstairs. We have the officer tied up, and he's talking to him. Uh, and the whole time, BJ's just getting ready to do some bad things to this person. Uh, we go get. Uh, it says you need splatter resistant stuff. <laughs> Cause, yeah, uh, yeah. No, it's coming. 
so there's a chainsaw sitting there and you have to go, you have to prepare yourself for using the chainsaw. You have to get goggles and you have to get like a, uh, apron to put on. And, uh, the officer tries to escape, uh, and, uh, is trying to stab BJ. And then we beat the living shit. We punch him in the face like 10 times, knock his teeth out and shit like that. And, uh, we sit him back down. And, uh, the scene, which is actually in the trailer, uh, I love it because BJ, you gotta understand BJ has this Southern accent and <laughs> this is what reminded me of kind of like him glorious bastards a little bit. Uh, God, what did he say? I'm trying to remember, remember exactly what he said. He's like, I'm going to ask you a question and you're going to answer it. And if I don't find that answer satisfactory, I'm going to chop your head off with this here appliance. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he's sitting he's there. Nothing. Well, go ahead. So he's nothing if not direct. Yeah. And uh, he's um, he's revving up the chainsaw, and uh, the officer says that if there's any uh, resistance fighters left, there would be they would be in Berlin at a prison. Um. I'm guessing he just go ahead and kills that guy. I can't. I don't know. We never see it. Yeah, that kind of cut to black, but I think the implication is he still just cuts his head off. Yeah. Um, and so we find out that's where the prisoners of war is being held. So we decide to go to Berlin. Now, I have an issue here because we have a daughter of a doctor. And her grandparents, who have lived in this world for 14 years, they know what it's like, yet they're like, okay, let's go to Berlin so we can bust out a bunch of prisoners. And I'm just like, where did that come from? Wouldn't the family be like, yeah, you go ahead and get yourself killed. We're going to stay right here. But... With a jawline like that, how could they not believe him? I guess maybe them. maybe I'm looking too deep into it, but I just feel like that doesn't really make much sense to me, especially maybe because so what now? They're so weary. This is their only their only chance, their only shot. True, but I mean, there's that's four people going against an entire army. On the way in, on the way out, you could have a whole. A whole group of resistance fighters behind you. This is true. But going in, that'd be kind of difficult. Yeah, especially for some old people. Yeah. So we then cut to Berlin. And this is the next level, obviously. Uh, we actually do a little bit of sneaking here. Um, they allow us to like uh, pick up like throwing knives and stuff like that. Yeah, well, there's the third chapter before this, which is essentially the journey there. Well, I mean, yeah, I, th- I thought that was like, you know, just go leading up to it kind of thing. Yeah, there's there's not much in chapter three. You got to open the gates and, you know, sneak into a couple of the buildings to open, uh, open some fences. Yeah. Fight a bunch more drones. Yeah, there's, there's not there's not a whole lot there. Uh, but you do have the train scene, which is kind of cool in chapter three. Yeah. So after we make it to, uh, 
or we were getting going through checkpoints in Berlin. And uh yeah, we we eventually say well we need to board a train to get to the prison itself. Uh and we kind of go undercover. Yeah, as, as a as, as just a normal person, I guess. German, I don't know if they I think they know you're American, right? Uh at that point I don't think they do. Okay. Because he never speaks. Um, but we board a train with Anya, the grandparents stay behind and, um, I guess they're trying to just, you know, relax for a minute. So they, uh, he goes and gets coffee and then a bunch of Nazi officers come in, uh, two in particular who play a, a bigger part later on. Uh, the first one is, I don't know what this guy's name is. He's very... Strange. You mean like the the man toy? Yeah. Of the lady? Yeah, yeah. His name is Booby. Booby. <laughs> uh, so Booby, who looks like an officer, he's dressed like an officer. Yeah. But I, I don't think he actually is, is he? I don't think he makes any decisions ever. Um, no, she's running the show. Yeah, Frau Engel. Um, yeah. For, say it again now. Frau Engel. Engel. Frau Engel. So, um, it's, <laughs> she reminds me of, uh, what's her fucking name? Uh, from Austin Powers, Frau Forbissena. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she she kind of reminds me of that. Yeah. Uh, she's like a older German woman. Who is really loud. Yeah, very alpha. Yeah. Very dominant. And she, I mean, it's obviously played off like she's, she's kind of dominating over this younger guy, Booby. Um, and she's very sadistic. So as we're walking by with our coffee, she wants us to sit down. So we sit down and, she has this golden luger, uh, and uh, she puts it on the table and says, don't touch that, because if you do, you'll get killed. And she puts down these pictures, and she wants to ch- us to choose pictures, which one makes yeah, us happy, which one disgusts us, stuff like that. The test of our purity. Yeah. Um, and so we're picking out pictures, and... Uh, she, uh, th- there's one point where she, she's obviously just toying with us, um, where we point to one of them that we're supposed to pick one that disgusts us. And then one of them's a picture of a spider and the other one's a picture of a bunch of human skulls. And when we, which get, one? I chose the skulls. Uh, I chose the spider. Uh, either way, I I'm pretty sure she's, the same thing happens, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, there is no decision, no outcome to this game. Yeah. She she grabs her hand and puts the gun to her head, and she says like I know you're not pure, and then she starts laughing because she's just fucking with us. Yeah, she's like these are just vacation pictures. Yeah, and uh, she lets us go, and we we walk back to uh, Anya in our room. Um, and man, that scene coming up after that. Didn't expect that. Um, 
the they, two of them make. Yeah, they, I mean, they just they're on the train, and then it cuts to um, them talking for a little bit, and then all of a sudden they're screwing each other. And I'm just like, huh? All right, making whoopee, making whoopee. Uh, God, that's that song from Bioshock Infinite. Um, but yeah, um, after, well, but, but it's not, it's not like arbitrary because she was the one taking care of him for all those years, right? Yes, she was. And, and despite him being in a near vegetative state, he did have some memory. So he remembered that she was the one, you know, who was good to him. So it's not completely, she's, she's not a stranger. But yeah, um, after arriving in Berlin, we then have to do some more sneaking. Uh, she's going to go down there and distract the guards while we try to figure out a way to get inside the compound itself. Uh, and we stick to the rooftops. Um, this is where we get our first kind of, it's, it's used as a weapon, but it's also used more as a utility. Um, it is a laser cutter. Yep. Definitely not 1946 technology. No. Um, but we can tell that technology has advanced a lot since the 19, since the forties, uh, which they will explain a little bit later. But, um, this laser cutter, I, for the life of me at the beginning of this, I couldn't figure out how to fucking use this thing to save my life. Because <laughs> I was just cutting like willy-nilly on like grates and stuff like that. And I was like, just just knock a hole out. <laughs> and Instead watched, of cutting like a square? Yeah, cutting a square. And I was just like, damn it. I was, I was just trying to make like a little circle so I could just go through. But um, after watching a video of somebody doing this, I was like, there's got to be an easier way to do this. And I looked at a video and I was like, oh, shit, okay. So I just did it like that. <laughs> yeah, it has to be a good size hole. Yeah. I've made a few that I thought I should have been able to squeeze my way through that weren't quite big enough. Yeah. So, um, but we get this uh, device that allows us to cut through grates and, and uh, chicken wire and stuff like that. Um, but we eventually make it to where we can get inside the compound. Um. She's still out there distracting guards from what I remember. Um, God, what we, I guess it's then it's the, the prison bust out, right? Yeah. Cause you get in, you finally make your way along some rooftops and you can overhear her and they're getting ready to leave, but you kind of just hop on top of a truck and that's how you make your way into. Right, right, right. We ride the truck in. And I then, thought I was going to miss that truck, actually, because I was sitting there. I couldn't figure out where to go because the, the ledge that you have to shimmy across all the way around the building is is pretty narrow. Mm-hmm. So I must have sat there for like five minutes listening to the conversation, thinking that something was going to get triggered before I realized I could make my way over there. And then, you know, they're telling her like, yeah, you need to get out of here, miss. You know, we need to leave. And I'm like shimmying as fast as I can, hoping that the truck doesn't just leave without me. Uh, apparently they they're gonna wait for you. Oh, good. But um, but yeah, we make it into the compound, and it's a whole bunch of fighting. 
uh, sneaking around, stuff like that. I have to say, because you, you get this a little bit, you start off in this part without any weapons. You have the laser cutter, which does almost no damage to a guy. And you also have a knife, which you can do stealth kills. But if a guy sees you, they're going to run up. They're, uh, excuse me, they're not going to run up to you. They're going to walk up to you. Yep, and then let you bash them in the neck repeatedly. Yep. They're going to walk up to you. There's there's times where a uh, enemy will grab a hold of you, and when they do that, you, they want you just to mash the attack button. And it's like it's constant, brutally just stabbing a guy in the chest until he falls down. <laughs> Split to the dogs also. Yeah, you do it to the dogs too. Oh, God. I was like, this game is just trying to be like, just kill, man. Just kill everything. Yeah, very different, you know. You get those brutal kills in The Last of Us, yeah. But holy hell, do they feel different? Yeah, here, here is yeah. Here you're doing it with a grin on your face. Yeah, well, see, that's the thing, and that's that's the that's a perfect comparison. So in The Last of Us, you're doing these brutal kills, right? But you're doing them because you're trying to fight for your life. In Wolfenstein, BJ's not fighting for his life. The Nazis are fighting for theirs. <laughs> <laughs> that that's the perfect that's the perfect analogy right there. It's it's you know because it's like you know no nobody can kill BJ Blaskowitz. It's you know I mean I've died a few times in this game. It's this game is not very it's not the easiest game in the world. But um, it, it, it that's most mostly what it is. This game is like I want we're gonna give you an arsenal. Fucking use it. Which is completely yep. the opposite of The Last of Us. You know, you get, you, and you can dual wield shit. So you can get dual wield assault rifles. You can do automatic shotguns. So you have these shotguns that are just fucking just shooting constant bullets and pellets at guys. And it's so satisfying sometimes. What's really fun is that you go into a sprint and he fucking books it too. Yeah, he's uh, fast. He's fast as shit. And he goes into a sprint, and then you hit the crouch button, and you slide, and you can still shoot while sliding. That's fun. Yep, <laughs> that's so good. I'm just gonna tie that. It's a good thing you mentioned that. One of my one of the things that I've been enjoying is pursuing some of the like mini achievements that you need to unlock the perks. Yeah. And that that one that you just described is one of them. You have to kill three people while sliding. Yeah. Um. I like the way that's handled, and the one I'm stuck on at the moment is to kill three people with one dual wielding clip without releasing the trigger. Yeah, <laughs> that's the kind of game this is. Try to blast through three people with two guns, one clip each, without ever letting your finger off the trigger. Not that it's hard; I just haven't found that right scenario yet. But that's that, that's another thing that's actually elevating this game. It's a lot more fun because I'm looking at these different things, and it's. It's it's a really good way, I think, to break up the monotony of some of the fights. Yeah. Because I'm always thinking, all right, I could just go in and shoot them, or I could, you know, try to get stealth headshots or stealth knife kills or dual wielding massacres. You know, I, I like that of this game so far. I kind of love the uh, the throwing knives because it's an instant kill, no matter where you hit them. Yeah, it doesn't fly very straight though. <laughs> no, it doesn't. But you hit a guy in the leg and they just fall over dead, and I'm like, yay. Yeah, yeah, even in the foot. And it, I, I'll tell you one thing, and it's not like I'm meaning to do it, but also I'm doing it. 
I, I, when I play first person shooters, I tend to aim at the body and not go for the head, which then ends up me. I'm shooting every fucking Nazi in the nuts in this game. <laughs> Everyone, I'm just nuts, nut shots, nut shots everywhere. And it's just, and I'm just like, I'm not meaning to shoot these guys in the nuts, but they're Nazis. Shoot them in the nuts. <laughs> it's just, I always like gravitate toward the groin, apparently. So I just start shooting there. <laughs> um, but yeah, we make it into the compound. We're going, we're going through, uh, you, you can sneak for the most part. Um, but we eventually make it to where they're keeping some of the prisoners. Uh, and I guess these are like high value prisoners, uh, because they put them in this cell by themselves and they're, they got these like, um, <laughs> man with the iron masks on. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of weird that they were put in that room like that. Yeah. And um, when we released them, uh, it's part of uh, it's some of the guys who were from our old unit. One of them, for me, for me, being Wyatt, yeah. So I got Wyatt there. We get a nice reunion. Holy shit, I thought you were dead, you know, kind of thing. Uh, and then we make our escape. Um, doing so results in pretty much everybody dying except for either Fergus or Wyatt. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I found it interesting because there's Germans trying to break through the door and they're trying to, they're getting you to like climb through the vents and then sneak up behind them. Um, oh, when you drop down behind them, that part's pretty cool. Yeah. I, th- I thought that was like, man, that's really well done. And, um, yep. you know, we make our crazy escape. Um, Wyatt's there and he's constantly trying to, um, God, he's using like a, uh, a wedge to open up doors. Yeah. Or a garbage can, I think at one point. Yeah. And so um, go ahead. It's one really small positive for the, for me, for this game. I, I feel like a lot of times when a level is so clearly set up, you need to go in, rescue people and then escape that the first half of that, I usually like, but then the second half drags on. There's something about the pace of these levels that's been really, really nice. I, I never yet have had the point where either I've been stuck or things have just gotten monotonous and dragged down where I'm like, oh, let's just get out of this prison and get to the next part. Um, and, and some of it, I think, is just because they break it up, like you said, where you, you know, where you have to drop behind them and, and sort of ambush them and, the way they're, you know, all the levels are kind of set up differently. There's slightly different objectives. I, I don't know. Something about either it's the level design or the pacing or, or what, but I, I haven't felt that drag that I kind of expected to feel going into this level in particular. Right. And then it happens again later where, where we're stuck similarly. And I'm just, and I just, I expect it again. Once I'm in, I figure out what to do that's going to trigger the whole second half of the level. And that's just going to be a shooting monotonous. gallery. Yeah. And it, it just, it, it's never devolved into that so far. Yeah. Um, for the most part, they, they put you, I wouldn't say in an arena, but they put you in a very large area that where you kind of can play your own style. Uh, and I do appreciate that. It's never open world or anything like that. I mean, obviously there are borders to each level and stuff, but, 
they allow you to approach things a different way. If you want to try a new stealth, you can. If you want to go in there guns blazing, you totally fucking can. And it's and it's it, fun. Actually, there's actually the one cool thing about that that I haven't been able to exploit yet. I haven't really paid much attention to it. But there's the like there's the officers in each like big arena style fight. Yeah. Where if you kill them first or kill them silently, you'll kill them before they can raise the alarm and bring in reinforcements. So if you can sneak your way over to them and take them out quickly, you can make that fight be easier. Right. Which I've never done. I've just kind of said, <laughs> I got all this ammo. Let's use it. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of how I am. I'll sneak for like, uh, unlike the last of us where I get, you know, caught. And now I have a, a huge firefight that I don't want to do. And this one I get caught and I'm like, eh, it was going to happen anyway. And just start mowing down motherfuckers. It's so much fun. Um, but yeah, uh, making our prison escape, run into, uh, you know, there's a couple of things like that. We run into a different enemy that's kind of like well armored and they use shotguns. Um, kind of typical for a first person shooter. Um, but yeah, eventually we make it to where we get outside. Unfortunately, the only person that survived was Wyatt or Fergus in your instance, which I should say that I don't know how this game plays out differently, but they, they distinctly say that you are doing the Wyatt timeline. And I'm sure yeah. with you, it says, you know, like you pause the game and it will say Fergus timeline. Yep. So, um, going, Oh, I forgot to, well, I'll bring it up later. Um, I have, I have a theory because I haven't beat this game. I don't know how it ends, but I have a theory. Um, but yeah, after making it through the prison, um, we escape via, uh, a car. Um, Anya's there. She jumps in, um, and, uh, we're hot wiring a car. Nazis are trying to chase us. We eventually make it out. And there's a part where they're driving over a bridge and there's like mist there. And they're following us all with the cameras. And uh, Wyatt gets the big idea of jumping out of the car while we're in the mist and then jumping into the water. He knows a place where we can go that's kind of a safe haven. Uh, we jump into the water and we swim a little bit underwater and eventually come out to a safe house where there are some resistance leaders. Um, it's kind of like a <laughs> ragtag group of guys. That's that's how you always do it. Yep. So when we make it this safe house, there's the woman who is in the wheelchair. BJ knows her. I have no idea who this woman is. Is it just implied that BJ knows her from back in the war? Am I supposed to remember this person? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. But she's kind of like the leader of this group. Uh, that a, what, what? Caroline? What's that? Is her name Caroline? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but going through the team itself, there is a uh, British man who is 
kind of a dick to us constantly. Uh, there is a ex-Nazi soldier who um, he uh, we, we find out a little bit later on, but he he betrayed the Nazi regime uh, and uh, joined the resistance. He also takes care of another guy who is a gigantic hulk of a man who uh, obviously um, is mentally handicapped. Yep, and a little deformed, so I don't know if it was trauma. Trauma, or or if he was born that way. Yeah, Max. He, um, I I guess you could say he's a gentle giant, as they say. Um, and then there's, uh, the guy who, as I say, Jimi Hendrix, he's kind of, he, he's like a, he talks like a stoner and he plays the guitar constantly. And then there's Wyatt for me. Wyatt knows these people. Um, he was with them, but then got captured. And, um, Yeah. This is our new group, the Resistance. And we have big plans to, I guess, take down the Nazis. All six of us are going to do. And so far, the only people that actually went on a mission was me. (laughs) So, um, yeah, uh, there is, what do we have to do? We have to get something. So there's constantly like these little missions that we have to do inside the base. It's just basically go explore and find something. Yeah, that, that's actually another example. The first time we were at this base, I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. And immediately when, when we have to come back here, I'm like, oh, great. This is going to be some boring hub world that's going to take forever. I'm going to get bogged down. It's going to be like the Citadel. Um, but But again, the game somehow avoids that you do little missions here, but they're kind of different every time you're here. Yeah. And it's not that big of a place. So it's not, you can't really get lost here after you've been here for, I don't know, 30 or 40 minutes. So I, uh, once again, I was kind of pleasantly surprised with this sort of hub world base area. So, um, First order of business. I'll just go ahead and say. I mean, we did something. I can't remember what it was. We went and talked to. I went and talked to Wyatt, and Wyatt was like, "I need to rest, man." He's like, "I, I need to just go to sleep or something." Um, but the first order of business is we need to, um, secure transport. We they we want to get a hold of some helicopters, and we know where they're keeping them. Um, and that's the mission, basically. Yeah, Project Whisper. Project Whisper. Uh, and we go to London, no less. And um, we go there to obviously infiltrate the place and hopefully escape with some uh, some of the new age helicopters that they have. Um, we're driven there by the British man. I can't remember his name to save my life. Um, and he, he says, uh, I'll see you later. 
and then drives a car into the fucking base and blows up the base. <laughs> right into the front doors. Right into the front doors. And so there's not much sneaking involved. We kind of just already just blew up the place. Now uh, we have to find a way inside through all the rubble. Robot dogs are back. Yeah, the robot dogs are back. We're trying to uh, sneak around them, um, which I got kind of confused here for a second. Cause, uh, yeah, there's a bunch of ways you can go, but a lot of them are dead ends, I think. Yeah, a lot of them are dead ends, but the problem I had was still with the fucking laser cutter because it's not fully charged, and I'm like, well, how the fuck am I supposed to do this? Because I, I was waiting for like to, for it to... like. Give some kind of. I was waiting for it to be like you can obviously see it's being cut here instead of just oh it's turning yellow. You know what I mean? Yeah. It felt like there was no distinct way of showing that you've cut here, kind of thing. Um, but I finally figured that. That's when I watched the video and said, "Oh, that's how you do it." So, um, but yeah, we we make it into this blown out base. Um, God, I'm trying to imagine, it's mainly just shooting Nazis. Yep, and you get the cool little bit later in this level. You get the cool part where you're climbing up around what a model of the moon. Yeah. So they've uh, they've started the space race. The Nazis have landed on the moon. Um. Obviously, alternate timeline stuff. Um, and we also find a few things. There's uh, there's numerous artifacts that we find that are very interesting uh, here. And they've obviously been working on something, uh, but we don't know exactly what. So we collect that data, um, and we're going to take it back to the base. Um, so I I don't think anything else as far as story goes happens here. We finally find the the helicopters themselves. We get the uh, quite the upgrade to the laser cutter. Yeah, we get the oh. la- yeah we get a new laser cutter. Um, it's it's a prototype that they've been working on. It's gigantic and it's also used as a weapon. So now we can shoot guys with it. Um. But we eventually, like I said, we make it to the hangar where the uh, helicopters are, and this is kind of like a big fighting arena. Uh, there's multiple uh, mech robots there. Uh, we can easily jump into a uh, helicopter that's on one of the landing pads and use the uh, turret there to take them out. After killing all the Nazis, uh, the big hangar door busts open and there is an even bigger robot that comes in. And this is basically our boss fight. Yep. I ran out of all ammo and had to rely on that laser gun. I did because I, I used up the turrets <laughs> using them on the, yeah. on the smaller robots that I was like, Oh great. I died here multiple times because I was like, damn, this is kind of difficult. It wasn't the boss fight. It was just killing all the Nazis that were there. Yep. And the two other mechs. Yeah. But yeah. So I want to comment also. I think that the difficulty for me is perfect in this game. For me, difficulty is in in an arena fight or a boss fight, I want to die one or two times every time pretty much. If I don't die at all and I'm just kind of cruising through, 
I don't think it's quite challenging enough. If I start to die, you know, four, five, six times, the game can really lose steam and, you know, I just kind of feel stuck and get frustrated and, and maybe a little bored with it. But so far, this, this game has been perfect for me where there's a bunch of scenarios where I've died once, some that I've died zero. I think this part I died two or three times, but I've never been stuck. I've never really had a problem with it. I just approached it a different way, and, and that's where I kind of feel like I'm I'm sort of learning the encounter, and it's, it's, it's just been a really good difficulty curve for me, I think. Yeah. I, it's it's been really well done. Um, I know. I mean, I, yeah, I got frustrated with a couple of parts here, um, but yeah, I, I, for the most part, I think it's it's very well paced. That's the best thing for me because it feels like this game's kind of just flying by. But honestly, I mean, I put five hours into it so far. Um, but I think that's because of how well the game's paced. Uh, but yeah. After the boss fight, we take out the giant robot, um, and, um, Caroline comes in on a hang glider for some reason, I guess, cause she's got to fly one of the helicopters, but then she doesn't even fly the helicopter. We do, <laughs> which I got confused here and I thought I was supposed to go to one of the helicopters that was running. So I went and picked her up, carried her all the way around this fucking hangar. And I was like, okay, nothing's happening. And I looked and I said, okay, maybe I have to get in this helicopter. And you walk slow while you're carrying her. And I walked all the fucking way back around, got into the helicopter and left. I was like, damn it. That was an extra 10 minutes I didn't have to do. Yep. Um, but we get the helicopters back. These are some crazy fucking helicopters too. To the where they're, <laughs> the propellers on top can fold in and it can do like a nose dive. Yeah. Like a Hawk dive bombing. It's crazy. So, uh, when we get back to base, now we have new helicopters. Uh, the, uh, artifacts that we found, um, we have to do a little bit of research on them and, uh, come to find out, which I, I should say, I'll, I'll go ahead and say there was a little bit more to this, Let's walk around the base thing because we have to, we end up in the sewers trying to get a sample of concrete. Um, it's getting a bit moldy. Like they've detected some mold in the concrete. Yeah. And this, you know, this is how they've been expanding all over the world is this special concrete. Yeah. So, um, we're trying to figure out where this came from. Uh, so eventually we, right, we make it back. We get, you know, we fall into the sewers. We make our way back from the sewers. And, uh, then after analyzing the concrete and the artifacts, we realized that this is actually some type of technology that it started out as ancient technology, but then the Nazis have improved it tenfold by expanding on it. And it is a old, uh, Jewish, um, technology, uh, because every, I think, I think they said all the, the, transcripts were written in Hebrew and uh, it is a group of people in the Jewish community that have been kind of working scientists that have been working in secret for a long time 
And the group is Matt. Tell me how you pronounce it. Uh, I don't have a clue. Daryashi. Daryashi. Ardot Yashi. Ardot Yashi. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's something like that. And we're nobody since the Nazis have won World War Two and taken over. Nobody knows where these guys are, these scientists. But um, after analyzing uh, some of the records, we find that there is a name that has been uh, kind of repeated with the um, with the technology itself, and it is Set. What's his last name? Uh, shit. He's one of the characters in the base, right? Yeah. Set Roth. Set Roth. That's it. So Set Roth, um, we think he is one of these scientists, these Jewish scientists who have been working on this technology and the Nazis kind of stole it from them. So we figure out where they're keeping this guy. And they're keeping him in Croatia, I'm pretty sure. Uh, because there, there is a... Um, God, what is it? It's it's a limestone. I think they're harvesting limes limestone there. Yeah, I think so. To create the, to create this concrete. Um, so uh, we have to go to another prison. Uh, it's more like a labor camp. Yeah, to to, to do this mining. Yeah. Camp Bell- so um, they want us. So BJ then goes undercover as a prisoner there. And uh, when he walks in, we get an, uh, the whole time we're getting inner monologue, which is actually really well done. Um, And all the little stirring speeches when, when we're, I don't know, not even speeches, but when we're, we're talking to Anya or we're talking to the grandparents or we're talking to the people in in this little base, they all, you know, it's it's all well done. I mean, the writing, the acting, the sort of the the rationale for everything just yeah. kind of makes sense. There's uh, I, there is one thing I need to mention before we go to the prison or the labor camp. Um, there there was a scene that I, I'm curious what happened with you. There was a scene where I had to go get a key from Wyatt, and I went in and Wyatt. Kind of went nuts. Yep. So did Fergus. He says, I can't stand this. He said, why did you choose me over Fergus? And, you know, he said, I wasn't made for this. This wasn't, this wasn't part of the plan. And uh, even BJ's like, uh, did I make a mistake? He's like, yeah, you made a fucking mistake. I should have died that day and Fergus should still be here. Is that basically yeah. what Fergus said, but with Wyatt? Essentially the same thing, but instead of saying, like, I don't belong here, it was, you know, I'm old and washed up. You know, I've already done everything I can do. And you shouldn't have saved me. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, uh, now we go to uh, the labor camp to look for set. Um, and the inner monologue here's I thought was great because... Uh, it it kind of it shows that 
BJ is also he's not just this crazy killing machine because he's he his inner monologue saying he said I always heard of these places but I never saw them and he names like Auschwitz and stuff like that he's like it's it's basically a concentration camp and I think he I, I can't remember exactly what he said but he said this was the reason we were fighting it's like you know yeah. above anything else and he said now it's all over the fucking world. So, um, we go into there and, um, uh, Frau Engel is there and, uh, she chooses BJ to be a certain type of labor worker because he's big and strong and they send us to, um, God, uh, it's like a, I don't know what the fuck this machine is. It looks like it's processing stuff. Yeah, I think you're just mixing concrete. Yeah. Different components. And we're there with a uh a man he, he was fighting in Africa. He's he was an African um man who uh said that when the Nazis took over Africa, they brought him here. And we asked him was like, "Well, where's do you have you heard of Set?" And he's like, "Yeah, he's in another uh block." He's a legend. He survived here longer than anyone else. Yeah. And uh, we're we're going to have to switch clothes with another person. So we have to break our machine, which then allows us to um, switch clothes with another person so we can get put into, I think it's B block. Yeah, block four. Or block four. Something like that. Yeah, block four. I said block four and block six is what the two were. Um, and we go in search for set. Um, we find set and he's there taking care of a guy who's obviously injured. It seems like this guy's kind of like, uh, the blocks doctor. Um, and we tell him that we're here to rescue him and he laughs at us. He's like, yeah, right. Okay. Who's going to fucking rescue you? Um, but he does have a plan. Uh, he said that, uh, you know, he's obviously one of these scientists and pretty much all the technology that the Germans are using now have is is all based on the stuff that he's worked on. So he knows how to manipulate it. So he gives us a task. Uh, he has a uh, remote control device that allows him to basically hack uh, the robots that are there. But he needs a battery. He needs a power source. So he wants us to go get a power source, which can be found in kind of like one of the manufacturing blocks. In order for us to get there, we have to turn off the security systems. Um, so when we, we sends us on our way to, uh, to turn off the security systems and we have to go through basically what looks like a torture place. Yeah. Um, and when we go through there, we actually get captured by a guy. Yeah, I was sneaking into it, we get captured. Yeah, and he ties us up and is constantly slashing us with a fucking knife while talking yeah, I to us. Instead of like slapping us in the face, he's slashing us. Yeah. And he then stabs his knife in our chest. And then we wake up and we got a knife in our chest and we're inside of an incinerator. Yeah, it leaves you for dead. Uh, we pull the knife out, and now we use that to kill fucking Nazis. 
Thanks for arming us, buddy. So we sneak around this area trying to make our way out. Um, along the way, we go through like offices and stuff like that. We, we go through, uh, Frau Engel's office, stuff like that. Um, killing guards all along the way, obviously, and dogs. And we finally make only it to with, only with the knife here though, right? Yeah. I never get anything this, else. This entire section, all you do is stab people. Yep. And it's a little different. It's kind of weird to me because it, it doesn't seem to matter if they see you. Nobody's going to raise an alarm in this section. All they're going to do is kind of slowly walk up to you and try and hit you with a baton. Yeah. I was going to say waddle up to you and get stabbed in the neck. No matter, like, if you can sneak up on them and kill them in one hit, or they can see you and you kill them in five hits, but there's no real penalty here for being discovered. Yeah. And um, you know that you can actually do it if a guy sees you and they come walking up to you. If you attack as soon as they're about to hit you, you do a counterattack and instantly kill them. Yeah, and stab them right in the chest. Yeah. Um, so we make it to the power source. We find it. Is connected to what looks like a, a circuit breaker or something like that. And for some reason, <laughs> BJ the thinks BJ. it's a good idea to grab a hold of it. <laughs> Yank on it. He pulls it out and it stuns the living shit out of him because it sends like, I don't know, 20,000 volts into him. And he falls over and look, he's now surrounded by Nazis and Frau Engel is there with her little boy toy. <laughs> and... Movie. Booby, and uh, they they then are taking us to execution because Booby remembers us from the train. He's like, that's that same guy, and he looks like an American. So like, okay, we're gonna ha- we're gonna have an execution with him. So they round up a bunch of people, including Set, tie us to poles, and um, Set's like, you still got the batteries? Like, yeah. He says, throw it over to me. We throw it over to him. He's leaning down trying to get the battery because it fell on the floor. And they got this the giant robots getting ready to kill people. Uh, Set gets the battery and is able to control the robot. And he has it kill all the Nazis. And then it grabs a hold of Frau Engel and crushes her fucking face. But it doesn't kill her. It lets go of her. And then she comes walking up to BJ, and this is all in first person. She grabs a hold of BJ, and her fucking jaws like hanging there. Yeah, her teeth are all busted out. Yeah, and it's so fucking disgusting and weird. And she's like, "We'll never let you go. We will come, and we will find you, and we will murder you." And then the robot grabs a hold of her and throws her oh, like somewhere. Looks like yeah, off, off a cliff. <laughs> but um, so. That's this. So begins the 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 wonderful scene of you're in something that's indestructible. Fucking murder everybody. So yep. we we jump into this mech and we gotta rescue all the prisoners. We're gonna make a huge prison break. Get everybody out of here. And we're mowing down dudes. We got rockets on this thing. We're taking out smaller robots. And it's basically just like, okay, you're on a power trip. Because I don't think you can die here. I got shot a bunch of times. I'm not sure. I, I, I thought I saw the edges of the screen start to darken a couple times. Yeah. Like, I 
like if I did nothing, I would have died. Yeah. But then I just killing the people that were attacking me, and so I I didn't die here, but I'm not I'm not sure if I could have or not. Yeah. But um, mowing down guys. Um, set then opens the door for everybody to get out, and um, we uh we have multiple vehicles full of prisoners. And uh, as we're getting ready to go, here comes Frau showing back up. Frau Engel. Her face is all fucked up. Her jaw's like hanging there by a fucking thread. And she's got two assault rifles and she shoots at one of the trucks and riddles fucking that poor African guy to death. Bumba, bumba Yeah. I mean, just fucking murders him. And um, everyone else in the car. Everyone else in that car. Uh, but we're not in that car. We're in a different car. And, um, does she, do we just run away from her or does she get killed? Uh, I know we, we kind of sideswiped her a bit on the way out. But I don't think she's dead. Yeah, I don't think we killed her. Okay. I'm sure we'll kill her eventually. In a probably very bad way. <laughs> Um, and we make it back to, uh, the base with set. Uh, and, uh, set is there. Uh, like, uh, I got the whole rundown of what he wants to do. Um, God, what was it? I can't remember. Like what the plan is. Shit, I'm not sure. It's something to do with like sabotaging the concrete. I think. Yeah, well, that was one of the reveals was that the the fungus in the concrete was like intentional. He put it in there to weaken it. Yeah, but I'm not sure what he wants to do now with it. Okay. Well, that's where I stopped anyway. So we can just stop there and we'll talk about what happens after that later. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's as far as I made it. That's about five hours in. I think that's the end of chapter seven, I think. And there's 12 chapters in all. That's the end of chapter eight. Okay. And there are 16 total. Okay. 16. So, so we're about halfway through. Yeah. Right at the halfway point. Okay. But yeah, so far I'm actually really enjoying this game. Yeah, me too. I mean, it, it, it seems to do everything kind of well. It doesn't, it's not innovative, really. It's not doing anything all that interesting. It's just doing kind of standard things really well. I, um, yeah, I mean, it, I don't know. Maybe this is just kind of refreshing for me because I've been playing like uh, RPGs and stuff like that. And, um, having just kind of like a, a fun shooting gallery, uh, mindless at times, but yeah, the there's same, nothing mechanics that get in the way. That's for sure. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm kind of enjoying the story. It's told in a really yep. nice way. It's very stylish. Yep. And, and the music again, really adds to it. Uh, you know, the, there's a bit of humor in there and a bit of, I don't want to say spontaneity, but there's a bit of, uh, you know, you never know what's going to happen. He, yeah. No, he's already he's already made Whoopi twice with Anya. Yep. Um, between that and the, and 
music. I, I don't know. It's the characters are maybe a little cartoony, the villains at least, but that just kind of makes it easier to shoot at them. Um, the 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 thing that I uh, that I should bring up about the music is that since this is a alternate history of 1960, where uh, predominantly the Germans have taken over, um, they have taken popular American songs from that era and redone them in kind of like a German remix, which I'm going to be using at the end of the episode, which is a, a remix of the house of the rising sun, but it's in German and they use an accordion. <laughs> um, and I actually love that about this game. Um, but yes, yeah, it's, it's definitely got a lot of style to it. And uh, so far, I've, I've I've actually really enjoyed it. I've never, nothing has ever really been a slog for me throughout this entire playthrough. Yeah, it's not the single best thing. Every you know, every fifteen minutes, you're doing something new, something different. Yeah. Even if it's a different firefight. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's it for us. Um, if you'd like to send us an email, and I'd love to hear an email about uh, Wolfenstein. I know there was somebody who was going to be playing along with us. Um, you can send it. It's drew at ztgd.com. I'll read it on the show. Uh, tell us your thoughts on Wolfenstein, the new order or Wolfenstein in general. Um, and, uh, you can follow us all on Twitter. I am at DML Fury. Matt is at REMGS and the podcast itself is at ZTGD Phoenix down. Um, now I will say as far as when the next episode will come, I don't know. Uh, Matt has a pretty hellacious two weeks ahead of him. Um, I don't know when you would be available to record. Um, I don't know. It may be, it may very well happen that I have a intermission in between here or, uh, something like that. And then we just come back whenever you get done. Yeah, once I get back in the States, I can record again, but that's going to be a little while. Yeah. So, um, like I said, we, we did get this episode out. Uh, next week, we'll probably have an intermission. I'll try to get Jay on or somebody like that, and we'll just talk or something like that. Um, but I want to, you know, obviously I don't want to rush this. And at the same time, I don't know when I could record if we were to do this week sometime. So... um I think uh, I think you might as well just have everybody plan on getting an intermission after this episode. Um, but yeah, that's I mean that's pretty much it. Uh, nice long little podcast here for uh, for about five hours of a game. So I guess a lot more happened than what we thought. Yeah, it's been a it's been, it's been a fun ride so far. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing it. I want to see I want to see Frau Engel die a horrible death. I get the rest of that face ripped off. There you go. Uh, but yeah, that's it for us. I appreciate everybody listening. Uh, until next time, I am Drew. And I'm Matt. And we're out of here. You guys have a great week. And we will be back probably next with an intermission show. Um, but we will be back later on to finish Wolfenstein the new world. <laughs> Es gibt ein Haus in Neu-Berlin, man nennt es Haus Abendrot. 
Es war der Ruin vieler guter Jungs, von mir, mein Gott, litt ich Not. Anführer zugehört, ich wäre heute daheim. War jung und dumm, war ein armer Jung, auf den Abweg geführt und gemein. Thank you. 